Tyler. And I'm Katie. You're listening to Nostalgia, the podcast equivalent of finding only fun size candy bars in your uh, foil treat bag. Is that good or bad? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. Because, yes, you did get some candy. What's a foil treat bag? You ever get, like, a, a treat bag from, like, your local police department that's, like, <laughs> very shiny and, and uh, rustly? No. So that nobody hits you with their car? Oh, it's foil because it's reflective? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No, I did not. What I did you trick or treat with? A pillowcase. So that you could then sleep on your candy? <laughs> yeah, you you have sweet dreams while you sleep on your candy. No, because it was the biggest, cheapest thing you could use. You already have it. It can be filled so much more than, like, a little plastic pumpkin or anything, you know? How big was the reflective police bag, you nerd? Listen, number one... I got this from my local police department. It was free. Is everyone else being safe, my fellow trick-or-treaters? Number two... Young Katie. It was reflective. (laughs) Um, I actually, I think, especially when I was young, I definitely trick-or-treated with a plastic pumpkin because I would go to, like, three houses... Oh, right. Yeah, so... I lived in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but you... So, when you were really young, you literally went to the neighbors? No, you would go to, like, your grandparents. Oh, you would only go see family. I remember that, too. I remember going to my grandparents for Halloween, you know, when I was really, really young, too. But then, eventually, you graduated to, what, going with friends to their neighborhoods? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever get um, full-size candy bars? I don't think I ever did. Um... Yeah, I think we might have. You might have got the right neighborhood. I would go to the biggest. Usually, I wasn't looking for necessarily the richest neighborhood. Mm, I was see, that's for the where your biggest. mistake is. Yeah, but it's like I want it quantity. Because uh. if you get, if there's 25 more houses in the biggest neighborhood than the richest one, you're going to get that many more fun size bars, which eventually is going to be more candy than just getting a few you know king size if you're gonna go to a thrift store you gotta go to a mainline thrift store you know (laughs) like go to go to the rich go to the richest place did you have a favorite halloween candy not that i recall but i did have strategy like i liked the chocolates the most more so than like fruity type of candies i mean i liked all Mm -hmm. of it i would eat any garbage so what i would do is as the candy survived for a few days not many days i ate my candy pretty quick in a disgusting way I would always eat the fruit stuff first because I knew I wanted to save the chocolate stuff for later. What was your strategy? Did you have a favorite? Um, you know what? I really liked Butterfingers because they would stick in oh, your teeth and then you could have a snack for later. Butterfingers are so good. You get some Butterfingers. Have you ever seen? Some girls of every age Would you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see This is our town of Halloween This is The Nightmare Before Christmas. I was going to say Halloween. The Nightmare Before Christmas. I think I have. Now, I cannot remember. Did we watch this together? I think we may have at some point in our 11 years together, right? I think so. So I I asked you to watch this, but did you ever see it before that? I think I might have seen it in like middle school. But not in in early childhood? I don't think so. You don't remember watching it? So middle school. Take us back. Were you into Tim Burton in middle school? Like, I, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? It's like a hazy memory. <laughs> like, I think I probably had, like, friends who were into it. And it's like an interesting, like, world. Especially if you're a kid who doesn't 
kind of fit the mold of like early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, Tim Burton definitely, especially at that time, right? Yeah, like, like early 2000s, school, early middle school. Uh, you, you know, Tim Burton is in the height of his power then, yeah. and all his movies are just weird about weird people. He's weird. So if you're a little off-kilter, yeah, he was speaking your language. Yeah. Okay. And this is like, yeah, this is the animated entry into sort of Tim Burton's uh, universe of films. I definitely watched this as a little kid. I liked it a lot. It didn't freak me out the way that, like, Jim Carrey's The Mask did. It didn't scare me too much. Although there's some really weird imagery in this movie, like... Oogie Boogie is made of bugs, I feel like, at one point. It's just lots of squirming bugs with this great animation. Yeah, I watched it as a kid. I watched it a, a bunch in middle school, too. I feel like I like this movie, but I like always wanted to like it more than I do. Mm. Does that make sense? I think, like, a lot of things in middle school, <laughs> that fits that, uh, that aesthetic. Like, I feel like most people I knew liked it a lot more mm. than I did, or at least acted like they did, and I wanted to do that, but I just never... I enjoy it, absolutely, but it's not, like, my favorite thing in the world. I think I might like it more today, though, when we watch it than I, than I have in the past. Is it because you're just a weird adult now, like that skeleton yes. who doesn't fit in? Exactly. And I have more of an appreciation for the music. I was really averse to musicals as a child, too, so that maybe I didn't spend as much time with this or any That's of the sad. Disney movies. We really wouldn't have gotten along, I don't think. No, definitely not. Absolutely not. I just had like the built-in 90s boy-kid heteronormative musicals aren't for me. Like musicals are for girls, I think. Even if I wasn't thinking that expressly. But I love, I really like musicals. Listeners, now. Movies, musicals shows, are for everyone. They're wonderful. I don't think we need to say that to our audience. I Maybe I we, we do. do. You're right. So Kate, The Nightmare Before Christmas, or depending on the poster or box art you're looking at, it could be called Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas was released in theaters on October 29th, 1993, so right before Halloween. It's nice. It was, this is a common misconception, it was not directed by Tim Burton. It was directed by Henry Selleck. Up till this point in his career, Tim Burton never directed a feature-length animated movie. I have a question. Yes. Any relation to Tom Selleck? I don't know. I don't think Blue so. Bloods. I just... <laughs> Everybody, listen. There's about 687 episodes of Blue Bloods. You're obsessed with Blue Bloods. And you've never seen any one of those episodes, and have you? I feel like they're all the same episode. <laughs> it's just Tom wow. Selleck's mustache talking. Calling Blue Bloods out for no reason. <laughs> Putting Blue Bloods on blast. Listen. So Henry Selleck, I do not believe he's related to Tom Selleck. Just from the cursory, just like to check. The cursory research I've done uh, 10 minutes ago. It was produced and the story was conceived by Tim Burton. Uh, it was written, the script, by Caroline Thompson and Michael McDowell. The background here is that Tim Burton and Henry Selleck were both students at CalArts, California University of the Arts, in the mid to late 70s. Uh, and they were both there to study animation. They both made short films while they were there, animated and stop-motion films, separately, that were, like, very critically acclaimed, that got Disney's attention. Disney hires them. So, late 70s, early 80s. I but. just feel like... Cal Arts in the 70s would be just a wild place to be. I agree. I, I agree completely. Once we invent a time machine, that's where I'm going. <laughs> well, it's like, if you really get into so, it... So, I have a question as yeah. well. What kinds of acclaimed things was he making so, that he caught Disney's attention and they were like, this seems like a good person to bring on? I'm so glad you said that. Um, Tim Burton's movie, it was called like the Stalking of the Celery Monster or something. It was a 2D animated thing. He drew all the frames himself. Okay. It was like a spooky celery monster. It was like a short, short thing, like mm -hmm. probably five minutes. And it was just really well animated. It's very creative. So they're looking at him going, okay, maybe this is a guy we bring in and train him up and he can be one of the next generation 
It's a whole. We're going to do more Disney-centric episodes in the future where we'll talk about this. We're going to take a deep dive into the rat. We are. Around this time, it's like Fox and the Hound is coming out. That's the, like, prestige Disney movie that's coming out around that time. Okay. And that was the transitional movie where the literally they called them the nine old men, the original animators at Disney going back to Snow White. They were all finally either dying or retiring at this time. They had hung in for so long and they were they had finally trained up this new staff who mm-hmm. would become the guys who direct like Aladdin and The Lion King and all you know all the ones from our childhood. Okay. So it is a wild time. And like you said earlier about CalArts, like all the people at CalArts in the 70s, like you know a lot of them or you know their work. They're in charge of Disney and the animation industry now. Tim Burton, right? They hire him, but they kind of, what you were saying, like they, maybe this was questionable, their decision to do that. He didn't stick around super long. Yeah, I feel like just based on like the amount of Tim Burton stuff that I've consumed, I feel like the... <laughs> Maybe, and you should never go into a relationship thinking that you can change someone because like that's really not a healthy way to enter into a relationship, right? But I feel like Disney was like, wow, he's doing really cool, (laughs) interesting work. Like maybe, maybe we could get him to make Aladdin. (laughs) And Tim Burton's like, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) I want a spooky skeleton movie. He's like, have you seen my drawings of Big Celery? (laughs) And they're like, all right, well, Tim, it's been great meeting with you. Uh, Why don't you go back to the cellar and we'll never talk to you again. Well, in a weird way, he ends up making Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo for them, right? Later, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I think he just, you know, there's a stage in his life when maybe he realized that his vision was less commercially viable than than the vision that Disney had for him. Maybe. Well, Tim Burton, if you're listening, this story comes back. Tell us around. about tell us about whether you're not you were concerned about selling out. <laughs> he, I mean, it's too late now. If he was concerned, somebody's got to build that tunnel to Helena Bonham Carter's part of the mansion. Oh, she's dead. Or not dead. She's not dead. <laughs> no, no, like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> you're cutting that out. She's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. They're divorced. Well, he's probably got somebody in that tunnel now. Yeah, it's what's-her-name. I don't know if there's still like he... Eileen Wardos. No. What? <laughs> Never mind. They're divorced. But, um... What was it? <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. Okay. Tim Burton, right? He always had filmmaking aspirations. He's one of these directors that, like, made movies on his parents' video camera when he was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. He also was making animations when he's, like, 13. Wouldn't so... it be nice if we could get children who maybe don't have access to that kind of technology access to yeah. that kind of Great technology write a grant just saying so he gets hired at disney he has aspirations eventually possibly to direct live action so he's just working him and uh, henry selick the other the director of nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. they are just working like grunt jobs on i think fox and the hound they're working on like peach dragon they're working on those kind of movies just doing animation like the crappiest job where you're doing the like in-between poses mm-hmm. a real animator picks like Here's what it looks like here. And then it turns its head. They draw the head facing forward, head facing to the right. Tim Burton has to draw like the 10 frames in between of the head (laughs) turning. It's like the worst job in animation. So they're working their way up, him and Henry Selleck. Okay. Somehow Tim Burton gets Disney to give him money to make in 82. He makes a short stop motion in this style Mm -hmm. called Vincent, which is like black and white. And it's about a boy who idolizes Vincent Price. So it's like a Tim Burton-y. Yeah joint yeah and then two years later he gets more money to make frankenweenie another short which since he's made into a full length uh, i think i think cgi or stop motion like in the last 10 years 
He remade it, but it was a short black and white live action movie about a kid whose dog dies and he tries to reanimate it, you know? Hmm. And then Disney is like, this is too weird. It's what you were saying. And they fire him. They're like, we keep giving you money to make these things, but they're like scaring children. So they fire him. And at that same, right in that same era, he had written a really long form poem called The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is the story for this movie. And he was trying to get it made. And they're like, no, we'll pass. Tim, you, you okay, buddy? You know, he gets fired. Pee Wee Herman saw Frankenweenie and hires Tim Burton to direct his movie, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Which then, so between 1985 and 1992, Tim Burton directs, in order, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, and Batman Returns. That's a okay. pretty damn good run not, of films. Not terrible. They're all, like, fun to watch. And he had a, Batman Returns, a little weird, not my favorite, but he has a, a really good run, all successful. Mm -hmm. So now... He rolls back to Disney and is like, hey, remember that poem I wanted to make after you guys fired me? You want to make it? And they're like, absolutely. And his name's above the title. And they come it's Tim crawling back. Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because he was now a name draw. So good for him to go back to them. I think he knew that it kind of is like a Disney movie, sort of, but like a weird, spooky version. So he knew they were a good studio for this. I don't know. Uh, that's Tim Burton. He does obviously a lot later. Well, I'm sure we'll do future episodes about him. Real quick, uh, Henry Selick, he hadn't directed a feature-length film yet, but after he directs this, he ended up doing the stop-motion for James and the Giant Peach. You ever seen that? Oh, yeah, they're on that big peach. I loved that as a kid way more than I liked this. That's a future episode. Remember that. Um, and Coraline. Did you ever watch Coraline? Coraline's really good. It's more recent. It's probably from, like, the mid to late 2000s. Anyway, and he did the... I don't remember there being stop motion in the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah. But he did that. He directed those sequences, Good too. for Tom Selleck's nephew. So since you've seen this at some point in middle school and some point in the last 11 years, do you remember the basic premise? Okay. Here's what I got. Misfit Skeleton. He is well-liked, but knows that there's something else out there. He wonders... If his little provincial experience is really all there is. And then, somehow, he discovers that Halloween is not the be-all, end-all. And also, I think Santa's there. Basically. Jack Skellington lives in Halloween Town. That's the only holiday they know about. Okay. And he discovers Christmas and becomes, like, a little too obsessed with it. Is this, like, a metaphor for, you know, someone leaving small-town America and discovering that, like, maybe, just maybe... Women should have rights. You know, Tim Burton did direct Big Fish later, so yeah. it's basically the same story. Yeah. The songs in this movie, written by Danny Elfman, of course, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, name a better, more iconic duo. And Danny Harry Elfman... Harry Kate and Ashley. Ooh. Are they okay? Danny Elfman also sings the... He sings Jack Skellington's parts. There's a different voice actor, I didn't look up who it is when he talks, but he sings all Jack Skellington's songs. The animation in this movie is just so wonderful. The aesthetic, the Halloween aesthetic, and the Christmas stuff, so great. It's reminiscent of the Rankin Bass, the Rankin Bass, 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 Bass stuff, um, which is cool, but also has a spooky Tim Burton vibe. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to get your thoughts on the age-old debate. Is this something you're supposed to watch at Halloween or something you're supposed to watch at Christmas? Or should you just not watch it? Where do you, do you have an, any opinion on this or do you want to wait until you've seen it again? I just think like it's a movie that you could watch whenever, but you know, maybe watch it once and... I just, you're, people, probably, you're probably good. People have strong feelings about whether it's Halloween or Christmas. And I don't have many strong feelings anymore. <laughs> I'm mostly just emotionally exhausted. <laughs> well, let's watch. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I 
can't believe my eyes, I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack, this isn't fair! What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look. What's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! The gathering around here is story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this? Here's how it's displaying right now. You ready? Yeah. It's Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. So they have put <laughs> their name above old TB. This is rated PG for some scary images. Is this vision of the magic castle supposed to make me feel something? Do you think Walt Disney's ghost lives in that castle with all his money? I can really get behind anything with an oboe in it, so this is going to be a movie for me. What's an oboe? Do you hear that music right now? Yeah. That's an oboe. If you had to live in one holiday forever, which one would you live in? Yikes. That's, I don't think there's any good answer to that. Halloween's not a bad one, though, because there's always fun stuff going on. Halloween is my least favorite holiday. What were the other ones we just saw? There was Easter... Christmas. There's a Thanksgiving one. Thanksgiving. Was there like a St. Patrick's Day? Uh-huh. I did always, as a kid, I always wished we saw into the other ones. Mm, that makes sense. What would you live in? Obviously Thanksgiving. That's true. Well, don't you think you'd and get I don't sick think of I'd eating? Wanna, I don't think I'd want to eat like Thanksgiving every day. Mm-hmm. But the aesthetic of Thanksgiving where you're just like cozy and... There might be a cornucopia somewhere. Yeah. I wouldn't want to eat the same food every day and I wouldn't want to eat the amount of food that you eat on Thanksgiving, but... Mm. I like the idea of a holiday where you just practice gratitude, hang out with people that you love, whether or not they are your family, and, wow. you know, enjoy your time, and then you take a nap. That's profound. You know? I want to live in the world with spooky decorations. That's as far <laughs> as I got into my life. I know, sweetie. I do like those 2D ghosts that went I by. actually kind of like those little vampires. It, they, it's so, it's beautiful. This movie is just so fun to look at. It's extremely well done and i can recognize that this took <laughs> thousands of man hours just to make that one witch yeah do you think they ever get tired of like the fact that it's halloween every day uh, i think we'll find out it seems like most don't but jack skellington kind of does it's like you grow up in a small town where nothing ever changes then you go to a liberal indoctrination center aka a college <laughs> or university and discover that maybe what you thought was true isn't always true and then you make a celery cartoon. Yeah. Poor little, uh, what is she? Like Sally? A, she's like a, a zombie person. kind of person, yeah. She's just out here trying not to get abused by her dad slash creator slash boss. It's not good. Did Tim Burton have like a delightful childhood dog that passed away? A beloved dog. I did always like this little curly hill. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I, I can appreciate... A multi-dimensional portrayal of a, a main character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can get behind that. Okay, I like the idea of, like, a two-faced politician. That's <laughs> yeah, nice. I get it. It's a little ham-handed, but I'm into it. I never got that joke until you just said that now, so. I really like his tall top hat. Oh, there's a Valentine's Day world. I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> <sighs> it's just so smart to do this in a kid's movie, because, like, all kids do in like preschool. I feel like it's crafts related to the nearest holiday. <laughs> so it's like you're hyper aware of all the holidays as a yeah. little kid. 
Like, I swear, the word cornucopia is, like, one of the first words I ever learned, I feel like, because we had to color them in all the time. I feel like we did color a lot of cornucopias. It was pre-no <laughs> pre child left behind, so they were like, yeah, yeah, color uh, this cornucopia. Uh, and then when you, just when you age out of coloring it in, they're like, cut this cornucopia out with yep. safety scissors. Exactly. And then, you know, from there, don't learn about the judicial branch. <laughs> How can he eat? Don't think about it too hard. I don't think I would want to live in Christmas land. It's just too much. There's like little model trains. Which I, you, I do hate trains. You've been on record that you're skeeved out by model trains. You know what else I really like about this? It's a completely secular Christmas world. That is interesting. There's absolutely yeah. no religious references whatsoever other than the name Christmas. I think that's really interesting. That is interesting. I'm surprised this wasn't uh, boycotted as a war on I'm Christmas. I'm sure it was. <laughs> He is breaking into people's houses and singing near them while they sleep. That's not great. I I guess, I don't know, maybe these little Christmas town residents have like no danger radar, you know? Right. Like I think you just need a, you need a happy medium. You need a a land where it's not Halloween every day, but not Christmas every day. normal earth. If you routinely have to poison your spouse slash dad slash boss, it's time to leave. Slash captor. Oh, his brain is very squishy. It's like those cinnamon rolls that you would get in a tube. I guess this movie tells you you're only a hero till you try to innovate. Am I wrong? Also, did he just steal this uh, snowmobile? Why not? And a bunch of presents. Sweetie, he's he's kind of evil. <laughs> all he, it's all he's ever known is how to be evil. I want to drive a little hearse like that. You know, Kate, there's nothing stopping you. God, that horrible clown. I hate him. This is not good. This is like when your creative vision gets co-opted by someone. <laughs> You're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Where did he get all these books? Do you think Halloween Town has a, a library that just no one goes to and it's severely underfunded and never been updated? Like his little nightcap. What do you think the inside of Tim Burton's head looks like? You know? His drawings, like a lot of them look like this movie. So this is like how he envisions things. This, this is like insane. Peak Timmy B. Yeah. All right. I do think this is probably harmful for Maybe. children to watch. Sally just threw herself from the window of her room at the top of the tower in what is obviously meant to be a suicide, but because she's stitched together, she just reattached her limbs after landing and falling apart. That's not great suicide sequence for all the, like, emo Tim Burton idolizing kids in middle school. And it's part of her attempt to go get the attention of a cute boy. Oh, man, yeah. Right? I just wish she had, like, a little more dimension. Her two traits are she has a crush on Jack Skellington, and she's being uh, verbally, emotionally abused by her creator. Oh, kid on a leash. Look at these creepy children. These grubby little kids. So we've got like kind of a town creep. What is this? Yeah, I'm not sure why Oogie Boogie is considered any worse than and any of the anyone other else. monsters in this town. Yeah. And Jack's mission he gave them was kidnap Santa Claus. So it's like, hey, here's this evil thing I want you to do, but don't let Oogie Boogie know. He's really not good. So is this Oogie Boogie Man like the Boo Radley of the town? Like, what, I, it, what is he? I don't know. What's happening here? Why does Tim Burton like black and white stripes so much? Sally is trying to convince Jack, like, look, hey, I'm, I'm not seeing this go well. And he's like, shut up, make me this Santa Claus suit. <laughs> Get out of here. And then she's like, wow, I have a bigger crush on you than ever. Where's this man been? He's <laughs> an Igor, too, that we have not seen yet. We're like halfway through. So far, just to weigh in on the Christmas versus Halloween when to watch this, we are spending so much more time with Halloween imagery, so it feels more Halloween-y right now. 
It seems like there might be inherent problems in Christmas Town too, though. Like what? These I don't little know. elves like, who are enslaved. Yeah, like labor. I've seen worse movies where Santa is somehow incapacitated. Oh, get a life, Sally. Go take a class at the community college, or get a hobby, read a book, take up lifting. Say one sentence that doesn't end with Jack. Oh, Jack. The fact that his list of children to deliver to is just first names on a huge roll of parchment stresses me out. How does he know where they live? How does he know he has the right Harry? I don't think I remember seeing this part. <laughs> part where Slay literally gets blown out of the air by the U.S. military. He's like, I am not wrong. Everyone else is wrong. Yikes. I don't know. I just feel like this message is real toxic right now. It's like, all right, Sally. Yeah, I, I never realized that you devoted like the last six years of your life to helping me. <laughs> so what, you don't believe in the better late than never uh, no. message they're trying to send there? No. Wow, the boy finally noticed me. Why? Why are they meant to be? Because he's looking for someone who won't ask questions. And she has because no idea what Because she's simply a, incomplete without a man. What, she has no idea what a positive relationship with a man looks like. I sense there's something in the wind That feels like tragedies at hand And though I'd like to stand by him Can't shake this feeling that I I don't think you should watch this at Christmas or Halloween. I think you should watch it one time ever and just be be good, be done. You know, I, I don't disagree. Um, I music... recognize the thousands of man hours that went into creating it. I think that's pretty neat. Uh-huh. However, I mean, the music's fabulous. The music's good. The music's insane. The animation, for me, is the best part. Also amazing. The animation is absolutely But, like, I don't know. I just at. feel like the story's lacking. Like, there's a lot of questionable, like... Yeah. When you look at it through the lens of, like, how does this movie treat women? All the interpersonal relationships yeah. are weird in this movie, you're right. Like, again, the concept's so creative. The animation so beautiful. The music, wonderful. But, yeah, the actual characters interacting with each other left a lot to be desired. But that seems to be the trend among almost everything we watch for this podcast. There you go. So, you know, definitely go look at that beautiful animation. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't need to watch this every year. And that no. means a lot coming from me. Because I, I, I like to latch on to... Uh, you really do. These, these holiday movies and, and watch them again and again. But yeah, I could, I could live without... And I think this is that thing. Like how I said earlier, I, I wanted to like this more than I did. I definitely mm. feel that way right now. I would love for this to be so good that I want to watch it every year cause I, so I can look at the animation. But yeah, the story doesn't really make me want to. That's it. Happy Halloween. Tell us what to watch next. Uh, nostalgia.awl.com. Find us on social media or go to our website, www.nostalgia.org. Now on video, it's the year's most incredible film. Oh Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up. Enter a land where every day is Halloween. But Jack the Pumpkin King dreams of something more and discovers a whole new world. What's this? This kind of 
Don't miss your chance to own this unique masterpiece. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas on video.